We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice-cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best-tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9 a.m., Seriously, guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it, and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This. 
podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans. It is Thursday. The Pack-A-Day podcast is back. Your Thursday crew is here. I am half of that crew. I'm Jason Perrone. And you can also find me over at Game On Wisconsin. I do the Quick Slants podcast every Monday. Along with me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, it's almost another weekend. I'm not even going to ask you any other questions. Is where, are you ready for another weekend? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I guess every day is a Saturday for you. You're living the good life right now, and and things are things are good. Or at least I hope they're good over there in well, they're good Myrtle except Beach. when I have, except when the Packers play. That's true. <laughs> I was going to say like weekends used to have a little bit of a different air to them over the past couple of years. It's not the same right now, right? It's just no, no it's just and, really not. You know, listen, we've been spoiled. I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember to remember, and you are you're almost old enough a little to bit, remember. Yeah, a little years. bit of it, yeah. Um, and we we've been kind of spoiled, at least regular season wise. But you, you know, I was prepared. Some you know, I, I I didn't expect them to be good. Some of those years, but they were bad because they were you know like like eight and eight was like whoa eight and eight that's not bad, you know. Mm-hmm. But like this one this year is coming out of nowhere for me like. I did not – I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl this year, I'll be honest. But I thought they'd be – I thought they were a lock to win a division. I didn't think that was going to be a problem. We, right. we, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought they would definitely be – win the NFC North, get in the, and then when you get in the playoffs, who knows, anything can happen. And, and especially looking at the NFC this year, the way it's turned out, I mean, the Eagles look very good. It's a bad year to not be good. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good year to be bad or a bad year to whatever. How are you about to say yeah, that? It's a good year, good year to, be to be good bad or a bad year to be good. But I mean, the Eagles are good. I'm not going to take anything away from the Philadelphia Eagles who are playing very well, but they're not. Come playoff time, they're, I mean, playoffs are a different animal. And, you know, a lot of those Eagles star like Jalen Hurts, for instance, who's having a marvelous year. You know, he has no, he, he has zero playoff success. So it's a different. Now, he may that may not matter. He might just keep going. But. Again, they're not, they don't look – they look great right now, but they're not playoff tested, let's say that, Her and the, and the head coach for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, we do pack a day, and, and so we're going to dwell on what's wrong with the Green Bay Packers this year, but if we were doing Ram a day, we'd be like, what the hell is wrong with the, the Super Bowl champion Rams, right? I mean, they don't – they look just as bad, if not worse, than the Packers. I mean, right? the Niners won last week, but they're not – Taking things over, I mean it's 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 up very up and down. I mean it's exciting if you Tampa like Bay. like if you like change. Yeah, Tampa's not doing well. I mean it's it's night it's exciting if you like change. I guess, but but yeah, as far as the I guess as far as the Packers go, we have plenty plenty of stuff to talk about. But I mean, if you would have given me before the season, if 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 you would have said, I'll give you the Packers, Rams, and Bucks, and only like two of those three have to make the playoffs and you win the bet. I would have bet a million dollars. I would have bet any, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, two of them three are going to make the playoffs, you know. And it looks like maybe none of those three are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, your your million, look, it would be in jeopardy right now. Yeah, right? But wouldn't you do the same thing? If, yeah. if, if I said to you, I'm going to give you those three teams and only two of the three have to make the playoffs because anything could happen and, you know, injury could happen to someone. But, and it's not even major injuries. I mean, the Rams have had some offensive line issues. Packers have had some little issues here and there. But it's just, I don't know what it is. I mean, 
it's it's a crazy year in the NFC. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as far as the as far as the, I guess we should do some weather. Oh yeah. We so we'll we'll do some weather here. Let's do let's do, we'll start in Green Bay and we'll loop back around the games in Detroit. We're not going to do Detroit weather because the game's in a dome, so there isn't really any outdoor weather to worry about. But in Green Bay, which this is actually kind of pertinent to me because I'm going to be out there next week uh, for the Dallas game. So on Thursday, high of 69, David Bakhtiari. It's David Bakhtiari degrees and 51 for the low. Sunny, that's not bad. 69 that's degrees great. in November. I mean, you're in Green Bay, isn't it? Yeah, that's very warm. Very nice and warm. It's November now. And we're already uh, from Green Bay, and we're already to me, no other weather between Green Bay and me. So a little bit of rain, 61 degrees. Whoa. It's actually cooler in Phoenix than it is in Green Bay. Like I said, though, everything's crazy this year. 61, some rain, 45 degrees for me. That's just that's just absolutely insane. And then Harry, in, in uh, he's uh, he said working back up in Vanderhoof, which I'm sure is, uh, I, I think I pronounced it correctly. Um, he said 43 for the high, 21 for the low, one inch of snow is forecast. And then in Vanderhoof, it's 32 degrees, low of 32, same, same high and low, six inches of snow by the weekend. Well, so I guess that's, his... That's what I expect in Green Bay. Right. Not 69. Well, that's Kanata. That's Kanata. So, Robin Erickson did give us weather, but I'm going to skip over him because he's not in Oslo. Oh. So, we're going to go to Felix in Germany, who's attending a, uh, a, I guess it's a a trade show, a wine trade show in oh. Munich, Germany. Low, uh, let's see. A high of 57, low of 42. Partly cloudy with some sun mixed in. So, he's... Uh, Representing, he's at a wine fair and he's repping, repping his wines. Good for him. And then Robin is in what is in one of the Canary Islands, which is off of Spain, and the weather there is beautiful. Seventy nine degrees for the high. Not bad. Water temperature seventy four in the Atlantic where he's at. Okay. Now I guess and that and that takes us over to you in Myrtle Beach, Mark. And I, I one thing I know you always give us the temperature. By the yeah. beach, but I guess like as far as the water temperature, how's the water? Is it, is it water like, still? It's still good, still warm. believe it or not. Okay. Yeah, it's still warm, but not as warm as it was you know, a month ago. But actually, it and this is going to sound crazy, but you know, I grew up in in in, in Jersey and got, you know, I I went to the Jersey um, the Jersey Shore as we called it, but the beaches in in New Jersey my whole life, and like even in July. The water was still like you had to put your foot in the water, you know, a little bit first, and then ease your way in, and you know, and then kind of just jump in a little bit, right? Um, here, you what you I, you just go in. It's it's warm. I mean, in July and August, it's it's sometimes it's too warm because you're like laying on the beach, and you want to like cool off, right? So you jump in the water. Well, it's not that cool. <laughs> yeah, you don't really cool off. So. Yeah. So, so to speak, you just you, you just get wet. Uh, so the water's a little cooler now, but it's still nice. And it te- it's been great here. We, we had earlier in the week, um, it was a little cloudy, overcast. Uh, I think it rained, was it Monday or Tuesday that, that it rained? Uh, but now, um, today, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's going to be 75 and sunny. It's, 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 we're having a really nice um, fall. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. As, as opposed to the the team that we talk about that's not having a very nice 
fall. No, they're not. They're definitely not. So we have to talk about the defense, and we have plenty to talk about there. There was a Bills game. There's an upcoming Lions game. There's a lot of talk about the defense, a lot of talk about Joe Barry, a lot of talk about the players. Let's just real quickly, since we have at least one day's worth of data on the injury report, Devondre Campbell did not practice. Uh, he left uh, Sunday's game early against the Bills with a knee injury. He had a big ice pack on his knee. He didn't return in that game. He did not practice on Wednesday. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a doctor. I don't expect to see Devondre Campbell playing against the Lions this week. That looked like a pretty No, I would injury. almost I, – I'd, I'd be shocked. I mean, um, I think they dodged a bullet in that it's not, as LaFleur said on Monday, I guess um, – it's not as bad as we thought, or it's not season. It's not long term. I think mm-hmm. that, that was the term. That everybody's easy. It's not a long term injury, right? But as far, and he even said, but as far as this week, I don't, you know, I don't know. No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't even know if he plays next week against Dallas. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I mean, well, maybe, Chris Barnes, uh, Chris Barnes is getting Barnes, ready to come back. He yeah. practiced. He started practicing this week, so he'll be designated to return. I don't know when they'll they'll do that. He had, there's a window, and they, well, they, they can do it as soon as now. Which would be nice because I would feel a lot better. With Campbell if, out, they probably will. I'd feel a lot better with Barnes out there, and you need somebody next to Quay. Obviously, Quay's still filling his way through the NFL. He can't figure out like you know what, who to put his hands on or not put his hands on on the sideline. So he clearly still needs a lot of guidance. And then Shamar Jean Charles didn't play last week. He hasn't practiced yet. He didn't. He missed practice on Wednesday. Still dealing with that ankle. And then Preston Smith is was limited with the shoulder and neck. He got a stinger. It looked right. like in the Bills game. So that's it. That's it on defense. I mean, the, there's there's Bakhtiari had his normal rest on offense. Uh, Elton Jenkins didn't practice on Wednesday. Now it's significant because he didn't play on Sunday. So if he doesn't practice on Thursday, something's up with that that foot. It's a knee and a foot. Um, Lazard did practice in limited fashion, which is which That's is good. good. Rogers limited as as normal, and then uh, Christian Watson didn't practice. Uh, still in the concussion protocol, he took a nasty yeah, I, hit. I don't think he'll play this. Week. No, he won't play. He took a nasty hit at the beginning of the Bills game. So yeah. once again, now, Rogers Rogers practiced today, right? Or limited. Wednesday, it was limited. But right. he limited. He had been taking Wednesdays off. And it's the first time in a long time he's practiced on Wednesday. Yeah, so that's. Good news, I guess. Yeah, we're it's looking, not bad. If we're looking for good news, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, the lion in the Lions list, they've got a lot of uh, they got a lot of players that are listed. Um, I guess um, Fetty Melifonwu, who's listed as a safety, I thought he was a corner coming out. He must have gotten moved. He didn't practice with an ankle. AJ Parker, another cornerback, he has a hip injury. He didn't practice. Matt Nelson, who's a tackle, didn't practice. Uh, Panay Sewell, personal reasons, he didn't practice, but not injury related. DeAndre Swift has got an ankle and a shoulder. Uh, and a tight end Brock Wright in the concussion protocol. No more TJ Hawkinson. He was traded to the Vikings. Right. And apparently the Packers they were in the, you know, once again, they're in every conversation and they quickly exited that conversation. They did not end up getting a deal done for anybody at the trade deadline. We're not going to, I guess we're not going to hash and hammer that unless there's something to talk about as, as far as, I don't, was there any move? I would not have wanted them to give up assets at this point. I mean, I know it's a, if, if you're going to get a multi-year young player that's on like a rookie deal and you get kind of a, a great deal falls in your lap, sure, pull the trigger on it. But right now, the moves the Packers are making should not be about 2022. And if it doesn't look, if you can't see beyond this year, I was fine with them not doing anything. How did you feel? No, I wanted them to do so. I, I wanted one of the guys, I wanted Jerry Judy. That's who I really wanted. Um, and apparently they called and Denver wanted the world for him or, or they at least wanted more than the Packers were willing to give. Uh, Claypool, I wouldn't have minded. I wouldn't, I wasn't, I'm not, a, I don't like him as much as other people, but I don't dislike him. Um, and again, he's, he's still on that rookie deal. You would have had him for another year or two, at least. Um, I wanted something. I wanted something. 
we were talking, you know, as we were pre- preparing for the show, we were saying how, you know, people are down right now. Packer, and and again, you can't worry about, you can't do things just for the fans' sake. Well, no, that's but, why we're fans and they're GMs and they're getting right, paid. Right. But yeah. you got it. But you can't ignore like if you ignore your fans, they go away, and they, you know, and, and you don't want that either. And this team needed to do something. I thought. I mean, all right. If so, if if you're saying, I mean, all right, they they tried. From what we've been told, it's the same song every year. We tried. Well, I'm tired. See, I'd rather not try, because all right. So if if we're if we're to believe the report, and I kind of do because it came from credible people, unless they're being lied to, which happens all the time in trades t- trade talks. Because I want to know who like. Did the Packers say we? Yes, we offered Pittsburgh a second round pick for Claypool, and then the Bears offered, and then they took the Bears instead. If if that came from a Packer source, I believe it because okay, if it came from a Steelers source, well, the Steelers might have. I I know for a fact teams do this. They so if if I'm the general manager of the Steelers, and the Bears call me, and they offer me a three for for Chase Claypool. And I say, no, I want a two. And the Bears say, no, we're not going to give you a two. We're only going to give you a three. And I say, well, listen, I got a two from the Packers. I, I can I could call Green Bay right now and get a two. So give, either give me a two or I'm calling Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And the Bears say, oh, shoot, okay, well, all right, we'll give you a two. Well, I and will say this. And I... Green Bay may not even have been in the mix. They may not even have been. I know, I know for a fact when I was covering the Eagles, I know for a fact that the Eagles, like, Pick a player, you know, player Joe Joe Smith from a linebacker from the Cardinals. Just make up a name. That I I knew for a fact the Eagles wanted did not were not involved with this guy. They didn't want him. They didn't call the Cardinals. They wanted they no. They were they were not going to trade for Joe Smith. And then Joe Smith got traded to from the Cardinals to the Dolphins. And then I read a story in the Miami paper. Yeah, the Eagles were really involved. The Dolphins had to outbid the Eagles to get him. I'd laugh and say. The agent just made, or somebody made that up. Well, <laughs> I will were not involved. I will say it was Tom Silverstein who reported a lot of the what was what was given to the Packers as far as information. I mean, I know that that things get fabricated and agents put stuff out there all the time, but he's a pretty reliable source, so yeah. I, I'm more apt to believe it. That's than what not. I'm saying. I do believe. I I sorry, and so let's say. So here's this is what bothers me about the Packers. So if they really did offer Pittsburgh a two. That means they really. That means they wanted Claypool, right? Right. If you were willing to give up a second round pick for a guy, you you kind of like him. Okay, so the Bears offered a second, and I'm sure the Steelers called the Packers back and said, "Hey, we got an offer from the Bears." Well, and again, I would not have given a first. I would not have no. gone to a first. No. But I might have gone for a second and a fifth. That, that depends on how much they. It depends how much the front office really likes Claypool. I mean, he's kind of young and he has some maturity issues well, too. They liked him enough to offer a second. Yes, that's true. That's and that's a premium. They liked him enough that they were willing to give up their second round pick for Case Claypool. Yeah, so I get. Yeah, you I, could. I, you couldn't throw in a five. No, I no, and, and you did. And to your point, you you know they they chose the Bears offer because they still think you know once again we're we are a victim of having two of the crappiest teams in the NFL in this division. Because they'll always outbid the Packers just simply because their draft position is always going to be better because they both suck. The Bears and the Lions. 
that you know teams are going to take their same offer that Green Bay sure. maybe not for long the way things are going in Green Bay right now but as it currently stands they felt like hey if we give Aaron Rodgers Chase Claypool regardless of how well or not well he's playing this year the games. Packers are going to they're going to come back they're going to get right. back in it and then our you know our draft position is not going to be great now if you want to give somebody the Swami Award of the Year how about how's John Schneider in Seattle looking trading Russell Wilson away and how he's playing in Denver and how Seattle's doing this year. And they're about to get a pretty nice draft pick if Denver doesn't figure their stuff yeah, out. They're gonna have- and they just oh. traded Chubb to Miami. So they seem to be kind of in like, hey, I don't, we don't know if this is going to be a good year mode either. Well, so. the Bears, the Bears, all right, now I know why they got, they, they got Claypool to give Fields another weapon. But they, they kind of <laughs> decimated their defense in the last week, trading uh-huh. Robert Quinn to the Eagles. And Roquan. and Roquan Smith to the to the uh, Ravens, mm-hmm. right? That's probably their their two best defensive players, and highly paid too. Well, I think what they're sure. doing is the Bears are trying to the Bears are trying to legit rebuild, and they want cheap, cheap, cheap. I mean, they're they're like the the equivalent of the baseball team whose payroll is like you know twenty million when you've got the Dodgers and Yankees spending two hundred, three hundred million. You know, like so that that's. That's kind of what the Bears are doing, and I, I guess I understand it. Roquan was I wasn't. Guess. I, w- I was surprised when I heard Claypool went to the Bears. Uh, nothing, nothing surprises nothing me anymore. I mean, it's just here's what I said. Here's here's what I said to um, a couple of friends of mine, Jake Westendorf and Joe Arrigo, and we we sometimes we chat about what's going on and stuff. And what I said to them was, I think Brian Gutekunst, and I'm not bagging on him by saying this, right? Because I, I, I again go back to what I said to be. I was okay with them not making a move at the trade deadline just simply because of where this team is at right now. And what would it mean if you make the trade, right? So I was like, I know draft picks are are just as as risky as you you trade and then you don't have a draft pick. But anyway, I think Brian Gutekunst is kind of equivalent to the guy who's at the fair or the carnival or whatever event you want to call it, the auction. And he literally goes around to each item and writes an amount down and walks away and doesn't ever walk back and revisit mm-hmm. it and will not like that's it. This is the offer. If it works, great. If it doesn't, I'm out. I tried. I think that's how the Packers operate. Because I also saw I also Guess what he leaves and he leaves that auction with nothing. With nothing. Right. No, that's yeah, that's the and it's not the first then in past years they've won games and they still were wanted to add pieces and they were in conversations, but they didn't get the player. Like this is the you know, they talk about the Packer way. This is very, very on brand for the Packers and Goop. If he's yeah. the one that's, if he's the sole voice that's making these moves, I do think they're in the conversation. I do think they're they're checking in on and talking about some of these players. I mean, I, I have used this example a bunch of times, but this ain't the first time the Bears have swooped in. Now, it was a much better player. Khalil Mack, they swooped in and grabbed yeah. Khalil Mack. In 2018, because the Raiders, terribly, because they're the Bears. But the Raiders said, hey, Khalil Mack to the Packers, like, they're going to be, they're going to be hoisting a Lombardi. We're going to go with the Bears. No, right. Absolutely. And I don't know. I'm not blaming the Steelers at all on this. They did what they, they, their job is to get the most they can. And they, they're looking at the Bears might be a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. So they got, they just got a top 10 second pick. Yeah. The Steelers, the Steelers did it right. Because Claypool. What I'm saying is. If if they wanted him, if they wanted Claypool, and they obviously wanted him because they wouldn't have offered a now. If you told me the Packers only offered a fourth, they don't they want. They really him. didn't want him. No. They were just trying to steal him. Right. 
but and the Bears offered a second. Well, they weren't close. They were close enough that go back to the Steelers and say, we'll give you a two and a five, or we'll give you a two this year and a conditional pick in in the in the next draft, depending on how he does. Mark, or, you're you're wheeling and dealing like like a like a good GM. There. I mean, I'm not saying Brian Good Brian Gutekunst is not a good GM, but you're wheeling and dealing from a very from a standpoint of hey, I'm legitimately interested in this player. You said right. want the level of want is obviously very lim- was very limited for Claypool. Hello, friends. By now, you've heard me talk about the new brand of water that looks like tall boys of beer, Liquid Death. This crisp, refreshing mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors is by far and away the best brand of water on the market. One of my favorite aspects of Liquid Death is that most water companies use plastic bottles, which is beyond terrible for the environment. Most of the plastic you throw into a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. But aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities, hence why Liquid Death uses aluminum cans. Most importantly, the water tastes great. I can't get enough of the lime sparkling water and my family has been drinking them nonstop. It's always fun seeing our sons get crazy looks as they are downing tall boys out in public as well. If you haven't tried Liquid Death yet, what are you waiting for? You can get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or find a Liquid Death retailer near you using their store locator at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. And again, I'm not, Claypool wasn't on the top of my list of guys I wanted. 
but he was on theirs, I guess. I mean, I play both. He's their kind of guy. He's big. Um, he can run a little bit, right? I guess. They uh, they apparently liked him. That was probably the guy. That was the, the one they liked in the draft that year. That they wanted to move up in the second round and try to get him, and they and they couldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. They, I think they. I, he was linked. He was linked to the Packers, and I think he's a good prospect. And and like I said, he's got some maturity issues, but he might end up being good in Chicago. I mean, no no one ends up going to Chicago and being good, but I. I, I don't mind. That's a Notre Dame receiver, by the way, Mark. You know, you're giving know, a lot I'm of compliments well to a Notre Dame receiver. I'm well aware of what's going on. <laughs> but, but he... I wanted, I wanted Jerry Jr. Well, that's the thing, though. That the, If you want if you want to really gnash teeth, I would spend more time on, on the Judy thing because apparently, uh, uh, you know, and again, this is a lot of things get reported by, I heard, second secondhand, thirdhand sources. It sounds like the Packers did inquire about Judy, yes. but they weren't anywhere near... I think Ben Albright, who covers the Broncos tweeted that the Packers didn't offer anywhere near what the Broncos were looking for. So it's like, hey, if, you, if you're going to go after a, a Jerry Judy, who was, I think, the the second receiver off the board that year, wasn't Ruggs first and Judy was second? Yes. And so if you're going to go after a guy like that, whether or not you think he's lived up to his draft stature or not, Denver is going to want some compensation. You can't just say, hey, here's a third, call me if it works. Like, you're not going to get a call I back. Agree. No. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean... And he's and again, because he's still young and still on his rookie contract, there's no there's no need for Denver to, to give up on him yet. Now the the one that, that surprised me who wasn't trading, and I know we're supposed to talk to you, but but this is I think people care more about this. Yeah. Um and I and not that I want the Packers to get him necessarily because I don't know what they I don't know how they could have they would have had to redo next year's deal for him is Brandon Cooks. Yeah, the annual trade target. Yeah, he gets traded but like why wouldn't Houston take anything for him? Well, he didn't practice this week for personal right. reasons. Something's up there. I think they thought they had a deal done with somebody and it fell through. <laughs> because, and why would you, I mean, Houston, let's be honest. Talk about a team that's going nowhere. Houston's Is Bill O'Brien back in Houston? Is that how that happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what happened there because they don't want him next. He's guaranteed eighteen million from them next year. Whether they whether he's there, they cut. I mean, they're going to have to try to make it work or cut him, which is dead. They cut him. He's going to pay him eighteen million. Dead cap. A lot of dead cap. No, but I mean, not not even dead cap. They have to give him a check for for eighteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll probably try to trade him again during the off season, right? And and eat some of the money. Or see, I thought the Packers got him. This year, his contract's nothing. It's like a million or something. So that would have fit in. They they wouldn't have had a problem. They wouldn't not have. They would not have had a problem with this year's cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want a rental. But I think that what the Packers would have had to do, and maybe his people weren't willing to do this, was tear up that eighteen million next year and make it a lot less and restructure it or move it around. You know, they, they, there's no way the Packers could fit. 18 million under cap next year for a wide receiver. Yeah, there and that's the other thing too. There's not a the cap situation next year as it currently stands. It will change. Things will happen no. and but as it currently stands is not great. They're not no. in dire straits, but it's not good. So if you're going to if you're making a trade, you know, if you're making a trade, you've got to be you got to be smart. It's got to the money has to work. Yeah, Judy so. and Claypool wouldn't have would have been would have fit in. Nice. They would have been fine. They would have both been um, fine. Yeah, I, mean, I guess the other guy in Denver too, Hamler, would have fit in no problem. 
So as it stands, I guess the Packers right now are whether they they tried well, and whiffed. Let me add one more thing about the trade stuff before we go. So all right, so you were okay with them not buying anyone? Yes. Not going out, not getting Claypool, not getting Goody, not getting Cooks, not getting whoever. Well, let me let me throw this at you. Then why not sell? Well, that was the other thing too. Is I I guess I'll use Aaron Jones as an example. What are they going to get for Aaron Jones other than a compensatory pick? Are they okay with that? They're not. Even, they're not even going to get a compensatory pick for him next year. I think if well, isn't he? Uh, no, he's he, not a free agent. Oh, he's not. Oh, okay. No, oh, that's right. Big, his cap number goes up. Yeah, his you're right. Cap number is just real. You're big right. Next year, so they either re- they either redo the deal or they wind up cutting him. Right. Yeah. I, know. I don't think. I don't think Aaron Jones wasn't the guy I was talking about. Um, and that, what could they get? I mean, what could they get for Aaron Jones? They could. I mean, uh, a lot, but they didn't want to. Yeah, well, probably because he and he, you know, if he was, if he was doing anything to improve his draft stock, Sunday night was it because he yeah. went off. And he, he's healthier than Christian McCaffrey. He had a great. Well, anybody is at any given time, but you know that's a whole other separate story. That the so, Niners, I mean, they, but they you know, could have got if that was the guy they wanted. I didn't mean, but that's not what I. I didn't mean sell Aaron Jones, but I, I would have sold anyone who's in their last year. Like Adrian Amos would have been up for sale. Lowry, Lowry. Is Lowry one, yeah. Gerald Reed, who, who am I forgetting? Well, nobody wants Sammy Watkins, I don't think. But, right. You know, <laughs> anybody like that, though. I mean, and 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 again, whatever I get, I get. But, but if if I'm not going to try to get better this year, then let's be honest. We got to be brutally honest now. The Green Bay Packers, as currently constructed, are not going anywhere this year. Mm. You am I wrong? They, I mean, we all, the, the fan in us wants to hope that there's some kind of magical something that's going to happen, but you look at the rest of the schedule and the way that the, the teams that they're, I mean, I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, they're, if they're going to, I'll tell you what, if they're going to make something and this team is, I'll just stop everyone really short of, of comparing this year to 2010. Cause everyone wants to talk about, well, in 10, they had to play in and then listen, the 2010 team had players that were way better. Way, way better. So this is not yeah. any kind of comparison. This year's Packers, to me, at this point, I can't believe I'm saying this because, and I was going to actually ask you earlier, um, and you can answer after I, I wrap up this, is what you're, you had predicted their record to be. Because I said 11-6. and six, And I, at this point right now, 11-6 and six is, is, I mean, that's like over the moon. That's, that's like, you yeah. know, a huge turnaround. To me, if they get into the playoffs at all, that is a monstrous, monstrous win for this Packers team. Okay. No what did one, you think no their record was going to be? I can't remember if you gave it on the show. Oh, what, what record? I was right around eleven and six. Maybe I, I, I may have been twelve and five. I thought they were going to be good. I really did. I didn't. I, I knew their off. I, I knew the offense would take a little bit of time. I, I didn't. I didn't expect the offense coming out scoring thirty points a game. I knew it would take time, but I thought they, Jones and Dylan. Would they would do what they did last week? Run the ball well, throw when they had to. Um, I thought the offensive line. I didn't realize Jenkins and Bakhtiari were going to be in and out of the lineup the way they have been. Um, I, I you know I thought, but I really thought the defense. This will lead us into the defense. Would be would be. I I wrote when I when I did my five bold predictions, one of them, and that's the only one I'm missing on is that the defense would be among the league leaders in points allowed, uh, turnovers forced, 
and sacks, and they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not among the league leaders in any of those categories. They're they're middle to the bottom, um, and that's been the that's been my big that's that you know is why they're three and five instead of six and two right now. You know, um, and I, and it's funny like of the of the, the you know they're three and five, and I still say this, and I know people tell me I'm crazy, but I still think with a legitimate. Why, if they would have have acquired or drafted a legitimate wide receiver, and not, I'm not saying a star because stars don't fall off trees, but I mean if they had gotten a star, that if they if they make that trade for AJ Brown that the Eagles did, there there's at least six and two, and the Eagles aren't seven and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't do that. But or if they had moved up and got a Lave, if they had done whatever, I don't know. If if they had gotten a better wide receiver than 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 Sammy Watkins because that's the only wide receiver they had. I think I think they're at least at least five and three, if not, and maybe six and two. I think mm-hmm. they definitely beat the Giants and and Washington with mm-hmm. a with a better wide receiver, mm-hmm. and maybe the Jets too. Um. So, but again, it would have been a it wouldn't have masked the other problems on this team. There are so many. There's so many. But you started still be six and two. Well, you started talking about the defense, and I, I am, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things I'm now that the team is doing the way it's doing. One of the things I look forward to, and I purposely don't ask you ahead of time because I want to also be surprised, is when I, when I find out what you're going to write about because there's a lot to write about now. I'm, I cannot wait till the end to find out what you're going to be putting up over at Packer Report. But you started talking about the defense and one of your bold predictions, and that was because you assume there's going to be some continuity between last year and this year and there's a lot yeah. of a lot of things on the Packers this year that have turned back into pumpkins I guess we'll say I mean and and I'm not just talking about the defense but Joe Barry has and his defensive scheme seems to have regressed you're hearing about players that don't love the play calls and they're starting to question some of the stuff that's going on there Russell Douglas is is kind of came back and regressed to the mean Devondre Campbell is regressed to the mean a bit they got they both got paid for what they did last year and to keep doing it this year and it's not happening and then Eric Stokes has not done anything in year two. He's regressed. He's taken a step back. He's not as effective as he was last year. And there's the, the big debate there of whether it's the scheme or the player. I say it's probably a little bit of both, but I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a little bit more on Stokes. Like maybe the Packers overshot there. I mean, he's a speedy guy, and yes, he played at a big school like Georgia against some some good competition, but all that stuff getting put together now, and then some injuries too. I mean, and uh, Darnell Savage was just absolutely awful, and they're stuck with him now. I mean, the the Packers are really stuck. Ken Ingles, who does the cap work, has has made a good point and said that because the Packers picked up that fifth year option and the, and the cap situation next year is not great, they might actually have to add a year to to Savage's deal if he's willing to take the extension just to spread out that cap hit. And it's not much. I think it's like eight nine million. But it's, it's not even, it's like just under eight. But for a safety and for a very underperforming safety, there's that's money that could be used yeah. somewhere or for something. I mean, you're you're talking about the, the Packers. I mean, they they're gonna they have to have learned from this year. And if they want to be competitive at all next year, and next year is a whole nother story. I mean, we'll see what, what the strategy is going to be then, but they cannot just rely on the draft to to bring in a pass catcher. They're going to have to, they're going to have to free up some money or find some money somewhere to go and, and get somebody. And now if Rogers is out of the equation, 
convince them that, that Green Bay is worth coming to because there goes a big selling point. And I know, once again, I know we're, we're a defensive show, so I should knock it off before Andy DMs me and is like, hey, did you forget the topic for, for Thursday? But like you said, I think a lot of the fans want to, want to hear yeah. about this stuff, right? Well, let me, let me since we, you, know, you, you brought up Stokes and Douglas and Campbell and, and um, Savage, and you know, we could throw Alex, Alexander has played well, but he was not good against Washington. Kenny Clark, who I love, he's my favorite player on the team, hasn't been, he hasn't been bad because I don't think he can be bad, but he hasn't a couple of weeks when we would, when we do, when we really did break down a defense against the opponent, both of us, Oh, Kenny Clark should have a big game this week. Well, he had an okay games. He, he hasn't, I can't point to one game this year where I said, Oh man, did you see Clark today? He was just killing people. He has, he has, so nobody on this defense, no, nobody on his defense has been as good as they can be. As good as I, as good as as we've seen them be, I've mm-hmm. seen Kenny Clark dominate for long stretches of games, for seasons. I mean, you know, where he's been every week, he's been the best player on the field. Yeah, Rashawn Gary's been a little quiet. What's that? Rashawn Gary was quiet in this last game, and he in this last yeah. game, one thing that I saw Rashawn do that was really concerning for me because it started happening a lot to Clay Matthews early later later in his career is teams started figuring out and offensive linemen started figuring out if you just let him his aggressiveness and use it against him. He'll work, he'll run himself right out of the play. Yep. I mean, he'll he'll just run right past the pocket. And I tweeted on on Sunday that Rashawn Gary is getting clayed out of the play, and and a couple of people responded back and knew exactly what I was talking about. He's he's got to be, and especially if you're gonna, if you're not going to play the run and set the edge, and you're re- literally just going to be a pass rusher. And I know that you had a, a, a an input on on Paul's tweet about how the Packers are creating all these pressures. Well, they're not getting sacks. Yeah, well, pressures. See, it's a made up stat. It's a made up, and I, 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 Paul, you, you know, I respect Paul, and I, but this was not a shot at him. But no, not at all. Pressures. All right, I'm, I'm going to tell a story. I know I always tell Eagle stories, but back in, and I like this player more than any, more than most people. But the Eagles drafted Mike Momola very high in the '95 draft. They traded up. He was the, he's the guy that made the combine, made people watch. Like, I mean, remember? I don't know if you, you remember? The I story. do. He was yeah. A good oh player. yeah. Oh yeah. Mike Momola was like he was considered a low first round pick. Uh, he had a big game against Notre Dame, and that helped his stock. So he was considered a low first-round pick, 20-something, 20 to 30, whatever. Right? Then he went to the Combine and put on a show like no one had ever seen before. So now he became a top-10 pick. Everybody was drooling over this guy. Oh, my God, did, did you see he ran this and he jumped this and he lifted this and he did that? And My God, we've never seen a guy like this with his size and his this and that. And everybody went went crazy wild over him. Well, the Eagles were the ones that – they had they had a lot of draft capital that that year, moved up, took him. I, I believe it was the ninth overall, eighth or ninth overall. I think it was eighth, eighth overall pick. Took him ahead of Warren Sapp. And Mike had a good career. If Mike went where he was supposed to go, low first round or even second round, no one would have ever said a word. And we said, yeah, Mike was a pretty good player. He's good against. He's a he was he was one of the few pass rushing ends that was also very good against the run. Hmm. Um. You know, he was, he, he was a fine player. I'll, I'll, let me get that, because a lot of people ripped him. But he didn't put up the sack numbers, especially early on in his career. He did not put up the sack numbers that everybody thought he was going to do and what the eighth pick in the draft was supposed to do. So by his second year, this, I'm, I'm taking a long, long way to get to the point of this, but by his second year, the Eagles PR staff used to come to us with, oh, uh, you know, here's a little stat for you guys. Um, 
Mike Mamula had had six hurries last on on the game against the Giants Sunday. And we look at each other and like he had he had what? He had six hurries. Yeah, that's just that 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 we keep the coaches keep it and stuff. We want you to know that you know he didn't get a sack, but he but he hurried the quarterback six times. And we'd all laugh and say like, what does that mean? <laughs> he hurried him. He, just, he didn't get him. <laughs> the quarterback completed the you know. And and then we so we used to call we used to start calling them mamolas. Oh yeah, how how many how many Hugh, Hugh Douglas had four mamolas this week? You know whatever you know whatever whatever it was. We we made a joke of it back then. Like a cloud of dust, but no no end result. Yeah, I mean, yeah. hurries. They called them hurries then. <laughs> and you know and then and and, and let me say this because I I I was on Twitter with a bunch of people today talking about that. To me, a pressure now they call them pressure and all these sites that keep these stats, you know, put them up. And to me, it's not a pressure if the offense made a good play. To me, a pressure is if Rashawn Gary beats his man and pressures Jared Goff, gets pressure on Jared Goff, and Goff steps up and Preston Smith makes the sack, yes, Gary deserves some kind of stat to to, to let it be known that he's the one that actually, yeah, because Smith gets the sack. But Gary deserves some kind of recognition for making that happen, and I—that to me, that's a pressure. But if Gary gets pre- Gary beats a man and he gets pressure, and Goff a, a, eludes him and runs by him and gains 18 yards for a first down, that's not a pressure. That's a you. That's a miss sack. Right. Am I, I mean? Am I wrong in that? No, no. To me, it's all about the end result. So, and it's like right. tackles, tackles. Teams keep. Pressure, let me say this too. Or it doesn't have to be a sack. If Gary pressures Goff, and I'm using Goff because that's who the Packers play this week. So if Gary pressures Goff and he throws an interception, yes, Gary deserves credit. Gary deserves a stack. If he pressures him into throwing the ball away, if he if he gets intentional grounding, Goff, by all means, he deserves some kind of – see, I think when, when I think that should be a sack. I often said that too. If you if, cause grounding? If you cause intentional grounding, you should get credit for a sack because they lost the yards that you still – you know. But then that's another story. But anyway, give him a pressure. But it's not a pressure when the guy gets away. It's not. It's just not. And I know they give him they, they the, the people that keep these things. Oh well, he pressured him. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but he, nothing nothing good happened. It's like tackles. Teams keep their own tackle stats. So it's yeah. it's like okay, what is what does that even mean? So yeah, I mean, and, and if we're staying on the defense here, the the big the big topic now is, and I I talked about Joe Barry, and yes. the regression and the regression is is, is Mark, you've got players, and I don't think there's—I don't think this is all made up. I think there's probably some truth to it. You, you're apparently some players who are getting frustrated with the play calls. Now, a couple of years ago, do you remember when Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark and I think Preston went up to Mike Pettin's office and said, "Hey, we want to be more aggressive. We want to do more of this." And he listened, and he let, turned them loose a little bit, and and they got a little bit better. Obviously, not good enough to do anything because they didn't win a Super Bowl. And then I think last year, Matt Lafleur early in the season had to tell Joe Barry, "Hey." I need you to be more aggressive or pick a, you know, pick a lane and figure out what it is that you're doing here to try to help the offense. And he was asked this week, I mean, the, the questions were asked by the media. It's like, are, are you considering, you know, are having any conversations about making any changes in your coaching staff or a coordinator? And immediately LaFleur said, absolutely not. So, and well, nor do you, nor do you, I'll just say this, because I know you have some input, nor am I an advocate of making a change. And, and right now, I don't see anything where I think the Packers need to make a change right now. For what? I mean, I don't know that it's, it would necessarily make the statement, but 
when Barry was hired, we were doing a show and we were all kind of like, yeah. oh, okay. I mean, you know, it wasn't Jim Leonard. We understand that didn't happen, but it's like, oh, okay, Joe Barry. Uh, you know, and we had to look some stuff up and we were like, okay, we'll hope it works out. And right now it's looking like maybe it's not going to work out as well as they thought. Right. Uh, listen, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, we we all, none of us were like, wow, oh, yeah, Joe Barry, great. There was nothing to be wowed about. We were like, oh. If, we, if you remember, we began the show by saying Leonard had turned him down to stay at Wisconsin. That was the beginning of our show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as we were doing it, we all got the alerts on our phone or whatever that, oh, they hired Joe Barry. And we were like, oh. But here's my thing. So, and I'm, I'm not a Joe Barry. I, I wasn't a fan of the move when they hired him. Like you said, I hoped, you know, he would be better. But when you, it's not like Joe Barry, Joe Barry's doing what Joe Barry does. When they hire, like, you, you didn't hire Steve Spagnola. Right. I'm not, not Big Fangio. Great, but I mean, any of those names you, that people You hired a guy, you, you hired a guy that plays this kind of defense. So right. if you didn't want this kind of defense, then don't hire Joe. Joe Barry's playing the same defense he's always played. And he played it in Detroit, he played it in Washington. You know, he, this is what he does. At this point, if you let your so right. Why hire him if, if that's not what you want it? Like well, you should have to tell a guy to be more aggressive. First no. of all, that that's crazy. Second, why'd you hire him, Matt? <laughs> so that's my that that's that's my big thing. And this is again, this is a defensive show, but this team is what it is, and so we're gonna talk about what we're gonna talk about. It's like I, dating a blonde and saying, Hey, dye your hair br- brunette. That's oh. yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not what's that's not what it is. Well, I have put several tweets out and I have been saying and I've said it on this show, and we have talked about it. Things start and stop at the top of the food chain in a company, organization, team, whatever it be. Right now in season, you can say it's Brian Gutekunst, but once the season starts, it's largely the head coach. And the head coach is the one that puts together his coaching staff. I know that Goody could have roster input, and he hands Matt LaFleur the ingredients to make his his meal, a.k.a. the players. But it's Matt LaFleur who hired Joe Barry after Mike Pettin left and or was let go whichever you want to call and so that is my big question right now is Matt LaFleur and and this is where I might lean on some of your experience too because he says things to the media but you know when coaches get in front of the microphone some of the stuff they say is by design like they give you you know no answer by design boring by design PR spin because they don't want to overshare and and you know yeah we've been lucky to have some guys like Rex Ryan and some of those and uh you know Herm Edwards who were a little more candid when they'd get in front of the microphone but Matt LaFleur right now is really realizing that of what he's done like you said like why did you hire him right I think I think Matt LaFleur is realizing gee what did I do yeah I agree I mean it's it's not like you hired a guy who was known as a, you know, blitz happy, you know, man to man cover. Uh, we're all about going after the quarterback, a Rex Ryan type guy. You know, that we're, that's how we play. You hired Joe Barry, who plays, you know, soft zones coverages, and you know, people keep. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm the leader of this. Sometimes I'm like, why is he playing zones? Why isn't he putting Jair on on dig? Why isn't he doing this? And I, I really, that's not what he does. It's not what he does, you know. I'm, I always compare things to what I know. Well, and I'm 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 blaming myself. Like, 
that's not Joe Barry. Joe, I'm, I'm comparing Joe Barry to like, you know, Jim Johnson, who I covered for a long time. Oh, there's no comparison. They're not. The, if you hired, you know, a guy like that and he was playing, then you wonder, well, hey, wait a minute. Why are you? That's not why I hired you. I hired you to play what you always played. Well, Barry's playing what he always played. The problem is the Packer, it's like they don't, like, it's like nobody talked to each other. Like, you, and you said it starts with, it starts, with, right, let's, let's go to the top, top with the GM. He's bringing in players that don't, that are good players, I think. Like, Eric Stokes did, he had a very good rookie year. Very good. Without Jair on the other side for most of the year, almost all the year. He didn't all of a sudden be, not become bad. Now, maybe, you know, he's human. He's a second year, maybe going through a little slump. But, no, he didn't He didn't become a bad player. He's, I don't think he's being coached properly. And I don't think he's being used properly. Jerry Gray is still there, though. So what's going, what is what is happening? I don't know. I, I, that I, I can't answer. I mean, maybe, maybe Jerry Gray is on the same page as Joe Barry. You and know, I'll tell you like, this: Everyone says Joe Barry. Let Joe Barry go. Just let Jerry Gray take over. People, if Joe, if J- if Jerry Gray takes over, it is literally going to be the Joe Barry show. Is it's it? not going to be any different. So, what is you? What I is? I don't know that. I don't. It sounds to me like I don't think I don't think this. I don't think the coaching staff is on the same page. Well, that that would that wouldn't surprise me at all. And the way the safeties are playing too, and I, I'm not trying to go go over the road here, but I'm just imagining a scenario where okay, you put Jerry Gray in there, right? And you're you're expecting him. Let's just say hypothetically, like one of the expectations you have is he's going to be at least be more aggressive, right? He's going to be more aggressive and try and do some different things to create pressure or, or just be more aggressive in general. Well, right now the safeties are playing so badly. Like Adrian Amos is very average to below yeah. average, and Darnell Savage is just trash this year on the field. What can you do? You're you're going to expose yourself on the back end and and that's the one thing that Barry's defense is designed to avoid is giving up the big play. Right. So if if there's one thing that he's at least assessed and diagnosed it's that hey, I don't have the safeties in the back to kind of keep things under wraps here like but one of those guys is going to blow something. And it's like like you said, I don't know if it was before or after we started recording, but it's like one of the obvious low-hanging fruit Things there is where you, if you're going to sit here and talk about uh, Matt Lafleur and talk about we need our best five offensive linemen on the field, why wouldn't you put your best defensive backs on the field? And so if Rasul Douglas ends up playing safety, so be it. Yeah. He plays safety. He I, think, and I think next year he's. I think next year he's starting. He's a starting safety for the. I, I don't know. Do something and and listen. Rudy Ford has outplayed Darnell Savage, and that's almost grading on a curve because Rudy Ford is not like a great safety. No, but he's, he's playing better than Darnell Savage because right now you don't have to be very good to be playing better than Darnell Savage. I don't understand. This is this is what baffles me too, Mark and and different different GMs. But Goody was in the room. He was in the in the building when it happened too. But how did they manage to draft a guy to take over for the guy that stopped playing safety hard and started making business decisions, and this safety has now stopped playing hard and is now making business decisions. Haha ha Clinton Dix was he was good for a few years and then he just got average and was terrible. He's not even in the league right now. And Darnell Savage has turned into the second coming of Haha ha Clinton Dix, but he's not even intercepting the ball. Clinton Dix used at least got some picks sprinkled in, even if by accident. Darnell Savage is literally not doing anything. And 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 again, like what's this? So twenty twenty, 
What was he was good? Yes, he was good. He and looked like, hey, this this is gonna be he's gonna be good. Yes, he's gonna break out. His rookie year, he was he was a rookie, but his second year, he looked to me like the he was on the trajectory you want. Yep. So what happened? That's what I'm saying. Fire again. Anything I don't know could be something we don't know about, but. In, in my experiences, players don't all of a sudden, like not at that age. I mean, guys get old and they just, it happens. Father time is undefeated. I mean, you know, if, if Savage was, you know, 33, I'd say, well, yeah, he just, you know, he had a good career. Now he's winding down. It's, it's over for, you know, that, that happens. Not at 24 or whatever he is. That doesn't happen. You get better. You, you keep getting better when you're, when when you show me in your second year, or Eric Stokes as a rookie, Eric Stokes, I don't, I think it's, I don't think we we realize just how good a year he had as a rookie. He was he was the number one corner last year. Yeah, he yeah he was good. He was really good, he, and and that wasn't expected. I mean, he came in as a number three, right? It was supposed to be Alexander and King, and he was going to ease his way in, play a little slot, and move in. Well, King, shocking, King got hurt. That because I still can't believe Kevin King would get hurt, but he did, and so then Stokes had to play, and then Alexander got hurt, which was a shock because Alexander had been pretty healthy. All of a sudden, he's the number one guy, and he was number one corner on the team that went thirteen and four. So I mean, he did a great job last year. He didn't overnight become a bad football player. So is he not? You know. So here's my question: If because of the way the season's going right now, Mark. And so many players on defense are not elevating. They're not playing the same as they did last year. They're not taking making that jump. Because of what the season is looking like or is kind of turned into right now, and if it continues this way and they finish 8-9, and 7-10, are you going to be willing to just give everybody on the defense a mulligan this year and say they weren't, they weren't happy with the, the scheme, the defense, and let's just run it out next year and, and hope everybody – plays well or are you going to be dubious well i'm kind of stuck with some i mean i'm stokes isn't going anywhere and no. douglas isn't going anywhere and alexander not, not, not like get rid of not like move guys but i'm just curious what you would expect them to i would get rid of barry to bounce I, I back to say it. because because it just it just there's so much there's there's so much that's not happening this year and so it's like are the packers eventually just going to say hey just toss it into the sun like i i will never forget the week 17 of the 2018 season against the Lions at Lambeau Field. That was one of the most putrid games. And I watched some games in the 80s. And I've heard about the 70s, right? That was the mo- one of the most putrid, if not the most putrid game I've ever seen a Green Bay Packers team play in any generation. Oh, and, 38 and, nothing, right? And any team. I don't even care. I don't even care what the final score was. It was it was absolute dog poo. Because you've got Ron Zook standing there on the sideline watching a, a kicker throw a touchdown against his special teams. And it was obvious that they just wanted to play the game and get on a yacht and go on vacation. And so at some point, is this, are, are, I mean, what is this going to look like? Like, is this, are, are these guys going to continue to play hard? And it's like, Matt LaFleur is standing here and saying like, no, we're not, I mean, you, you're not going to tell the media and the rest of us out there, well, we're thinking about making a change. No, you can't. You, you, That's you, a, yeah, you you brought that up. Like, you know, he's asked, "Are you going?" I mean, what did the, I, I don't know who asked the question. You know, but I, and I had to not. I was in a million press conferences, and we 
those questions were sometimes asked. What I mean, what's he? What did you think he was going to say? Yeah, right. Oh yeah, you know, I, I haven't told Joe yet, but yeah, I'm getting rid of him tomorrow. He's, he stinks. No, he's not going to say that. <laughs> Even if he thinks that, he's no, not going to say. No, but you know what he I has think? To say no. You're right. You're Are you're he, right. I think the vein of the question though, because Lafleur has in the past said, "Hey, we need to be accountable. We need we need, we need to be better." Uh, you know, we maybe we need to have a conversation. Maybe we need to be a little bit right, more. Maybe I that. think that's I think that's the soundbite that they were going they were for. But then for. that was, but that wasn't the question that they asked. To your no, point. the question was going to make changes, <laughs> right? You know, so that's an end of the year question, and then you know, then you can be more honest. But I mean, what I would do on defense right now? Well, let me say this: it's not. I mean, it's <laughs> there's problems everywhere. There's, the offense has their share of problems too, and I think part of it. Some of the defense's problems in some games has been just being on the field too long. We talked about that last week. That wasn't the case this week because they actually played a much better second half than they did the first half. Although I think the Bills were just happy with the with the big lead and just were happy to just let the clock run and not mess up. You know, this week will tell a lot. How many more weeks are going to tell us a lot? What more do we need to? Well, be no, told? no. This week tells everything. If they lose to the Detroit Lions, well, that's what we said about Washington. And here, here, here we do. Here and we, well, and we're there, and we're at that point now. But if they go to three and six, there's no coming back. Yeah, Buenos no chase. There's no coming back. So then, all bets are off. You can do whatever you want. I mean, uh, well, the trade deadline. Everybody's on guard now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but if they win, who knows? Who knows what happens after that? And I'm not even sure. I mean, what I would do. Let me get back to what I would do on defense is I'd start looking at some other, I You drafted Wyatt in the first round. You must have liked him. Go play him. Mm-hmm. I don't mean 10 snaps a game oh. or eight snaps or whatever he's getting. Play him. If he's not any good, he's not any good. But play him and find out. That's number one. I would, I would, I would, put, I would get Savage out of that safety spot, try him in the slot where – when he was drafted, that was one of the things. Oh, you know, he's not just a safety. He could also play slot corner. And, oh, that, that, that's what makes him special. When Barry came in and, he, you know, he had that star position, well, who's going to play that? Oh, Savage's name was brought up there. So this isn't me just, you know, pulling straws out. This is things I've been told and heard and, and you know, so let's try it. Try Savage in, this, in as a as a slot. See if he's better at that. You're stuck with him. You, for, I mean, what do you all, you know? See if you get the most out of him. Let Douglas play a little safety. Let Ford let, play a little Ford. Maybe Ford does. Maybe you do play him more. I don't know. Figure things um, out for next year, right? What's that? Figure some things out for next year, right? Or even for this year. I mean, what what, what you're doing now isn't working. So let's see if if these guys, you know, let's see. Let play Slayton more. Slayton is Slayton when he's been out there has been. Pretty good, mm-hmm. TJ Slayton. Yeah, he's been good. You know, he hasn't. You know, again, it's limited. Maybe he's one of them guys that can only play so many snaps. But I don't know. I don't need to see anymore. And I like Dean Lowry. You know, I've always defended Dean Lowry, but his career's on the downside. Well, he's, he's not going to be a I mean, they, much longer. They've drafted a defensive lineman in the first round, and they've got TJ Slayton up there now. So it's it's like I mean, right. you know, the writing's so, on the wall. He's not coming back. Yeah. So let's see what they got there. Let's. And be more, and it'll do some different things. They started to do that a little bit. Um, 
Until this past game, the def- I didn't think the defense was really to blame for a lot of the losses. Um, but the, fir- in the first half, I mean, Buffalo did whatever they wanted. After the first, I, I texted you after that first series when it was they went three and out. I'm like, let's just talk about that because <laughs> then after that they scored, they scored five possessions in a five in a row in a row was it. Five, yep, five in a five in a row, and I mean yeah. Taylor Heineke hitting passes with his eyes closed and stuff like that. So that's when you know, like, hey, this defense is having a hard time capitalizing on a situation where they should have more of an advantage. It's like I, it's fine if they make a play here and there, but to like let them run, go up and down the field like that is just. And I, I'm willing to toss the entire Bills game out because I think the Bills are best team in football. So yeah, they, they made some plays. They they got. I mean, they got two interceptions. Josh Allen threw them two gifts. I mean, the one to Jair Alexander was really stupid. That was a huge, huge gift. And then, you know, it was the interception parade back and forth, the Packers doing that. But as far as the Lions, because we got to wrap up soon here, as far as the Lions go, we didn't really talk much about the Lions game, but, I mean, I'm almost like, what is it? What is it? Amon Ross St. Brown is is, uh, fortunately recovered from a concussion that he had. He's back on the field. But the Lions have only won one game. It is Jared Goff. But I will tell you this. It's Dan Campbell's team, and they've only won one game. And if you're Dan Campbell and you're trying to keep your job, but you also maybe want that first draft pick, you can afford to win at least one more game. And what better game to win than against the Green Bay Packers to keep your fan base at least from like torching the place, right? So the Lions are going to bring it. They're yeah. going to they're going to bring everything they got again for the home fans and try to give them something to to you know go home happy about. So what do you expect to see on Sunday? And what's your what's your game prediction? No, I think I actually think, and I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm being uh, too optimistic, but I think the Packers have, have hit rock bottom. I think they, you know, but then I, but I saw some encouragement three and five is the rock bottom part, but I think they, they saw some good signs came out of the bills game. Like you said, that was the best team. That's the best team in football. Um, and a play here, a play there, a bad call here, a bad call there. You know, they, they, they didn't, the Bills, listen, at halftime, I thought the final score was going to be like what you picked, 47-3 or whatever the hell it was. Um, it, looked, it looked bad. But they they didn't quit. They did something. I think they built off that. The Lions aren't good. They're just not. And the, and, the, and the Lions, you talk about getting rid of coaches, they they fired their secondary coach last week. Like, like it was all his fault that they're 1-6, right? When, when you start doing things like that, players – that's when players start rolling their eyes, like, "Oh yeah, they fired him." It's like they because players know what's what's going on too. Uh-huh. So I think I think this is a a good team for the Packers to play this week. I think the offense. I think we'll see a lot of the same things we saw. We'll see a lot of Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. I hope my man Touré is that how you say? Samari Touré plays yep. a little more. So Samari Touré and. Romeo Dobbs makes some plays again. Uh, Robert Tunyon is quietly having a pretty good year. From you know, he came off the ACL and he's quietly, you know, looking like Robert Tunyon again. Use him more. He had a touchdown last week that got called back on what I thought was a terrible call, but I don't want to get you know that's not why they lost the game. But still, he you know he's playing well. I think the offense can put together something better than they have. We as far as the defense goes, yeah, St. Brown's. Pretty good, pretty good wide receiver. Our old buddy J- Jamal Williams is there. Um, but Jared Goff should not. I mean, I say that, but they they, they lost to Taylor Heineke and 
Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. Daniel Jones. So I guess if you can lose to them, you can lose to Jared Goff too, right? But no, I, I see the Packers bouncing back this week. I'm, I'm gonna, I say the Packers win this game, twenty-seven seventeen. Interesting. So you know my score rule. Last week's score, wasn't it? You, you know my rule. I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I just realized I picked last week's score backwards. I, picked, I didn't I pick. I, I didn't pick the Packers to beat the Commanders, and I said I'm not picking them to, to win a game until they do. So, right, so, you're the uh, so I said 47-3 Bills. So yeah, I'm taking the Lions 24-17. Okay. 24-17. Show me, show me your better Packers. No, I mean, I, if, you, if you they truly listen to this podcast, I I don't think you can beat the Lions. I think you lose by one by a full touchdown. Go go prove me wrong. Go score more than 17 points and get some turnovers and handle some business against a quarterback like Jared Goff, like you should. 24-17 Detroit. All right. That's what it is. So the magical question that I have been wanting to ask is what is coming up at Packer Report? Which of these millions of topics are you going to choose to write about? Well, no, it'll be up. It might be up depending what time you're listening to our show. It'll be up now. Um, Because I I state the fact that they didn't do anything at the trade deadline and what they could have done, what they didn't, you know. But so now, like kind of what I just said, so the rest of this season, in my mind, is to look at next season. So with that said, I want to see more Wyatt, and I want to see I want to see John Ford. I want to see I want to, I don't I want to see next year's team now to see if what they got and what they need, and they should do the same thing because it's not working anyway. So let's let's put one eye. Yes, you still want to win games. I'm not saying you know lose games, but. You 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 drafted these guys for a reason. Let's see them. Let's let's see what you got, so you know what you need. So you know exactly what you need in in twenty twenty three. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be good, and I'll be, I'll have the Quick Sense podcast after the Packers and Lions square off on Sunday, and that'll be up for Monday. Man, I. I just we've got to be we've got to be realistic, but this is getting this is just getting. I'm just I'm like, what do we talk about week after week when it just keeps happening? It's like I don't know if it's me and I'm putting all this bad like you know omen out there by not picking the Packers, but it's like, look, no, no, this is this is what I do. It's like, look, <laughs> show me something because until you show me something, it's almost like, well, put your money down. We're gonna win a game. It's like, well, until you win a game, I'm not putting my money down. So. That's that's kind of the approach I take here. Is I'm not going to be made to be a fool and pick this team when they continue to fail week after week after week. So if they win, we can talk about it moving forward. But they've got some tough games coming up, and then they're going to be yes, they they're going to be back home finally at Lambeau Field against the Cowboys. I'll be in the house for that one, and that's going to be an interesting one. We'll we'll see what my score prediction is for that one. Uh, when we do next we'll week, we've got to see what happens this week. First. Well, this week first when we do next week's show. So, man, we had a lot. We had a lot, a lot of good stuff. So, thanks everybody for riding along with the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Hopefully, the Packers can turn things around or at least stop the bleeding a little bit this week in Detroit against the Lions. We'll be back at it again next Thursday. If anybody has any questions for us or any weather that they want to send to us, please send it on over to us uh, over at Twitter. And in the meantime, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe, take care of each other, and as always, go Pack Go!
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.